For us people with disability, living in our own home isn't something we expect to just happen. I'd go away for a weekend and Jacob would have this wonderful time without me. Often we have to make it happen by ourselves or with our family and our allies. He could drive his own life without me being there. I'm Jake Briggs and welcome to My Home, My Way, a podcast about people with disability making their home their own. Living in a group home is often given as the only option for people with a disability, but that's not true. It's not what's always best for us. And group home living isn't the typical way we make a home. We don't say, hey, I'd like to live with five strangers with the same diagnosis as me that someone else chose and have our home run by a service. So what's the alternative? My Home, My Way has practical advice and stories of people with developmental disability, their allies and family, making a home on their terms. With support models that enable even people with complex needs to live in their own home. By the way, this podcast is sensory friendly with a sensitive use of music so you can listen comfortably. This episode is about getting the right supports to thrive in your own place. You'll meet Linda and her son Jacob and find out what are supports in real life. What can they look like? What is their purpose? And how can they help someone like Jacob to live in his own home? Jacob is in his late 20s. He lives with a flatmate, Lucy. Let's meet Jacob through his mum, Linda. He loves sport. He absolutely loves watching sport on TV. He's um, a man who does public speaking as well. He's president of the University Toastmasters in Newcastle. Toastmasters is pretty interesting because um, as a man who doesn't communicate with words, as as a man who has complex communication needs, Toastmasters probably wasn't the thing that I would have thought would be up his alley. And he needs a lot of scaffolding to participate, you know, a bit of support to fulfil his roles, but he loves it. And he's been a member for a number of years and has a number of very good friends that he socialises with beyond Toastmasters from that. Jacob uses technology to communicate. He uses an iPad with a what's called a pod. So he's able to point to the picture symbols and there'll be some text with them as well for the people who aren't familiar with the symbols. And he's able to construct full sentences. He's probably more of a direct communicator. There's some important things that he's able to do with communication that give him a lot more freedom and and are also important safeguards. He's a really social person. He loves being around people. It's something that he really, really loves having people around that he cares about 
he calls his grandmother every day because he used to see her every day. Jacob has been FaceTiming people while he's playing a game of Uno on online. He's doing Zoom trivia sessions with, with friends. Everyone sits there having a drink and Jacob's asking trivia questions. And there's other things as well. Jacob being really aware of when his friend's birthdays are coming up. He makes a card. He'll often take a photo and print that up and that becomes a card. Or just something as simple as a Facebook greeting. Hey, it's your birthday. I hope you're having a great day. Jacob's been living in his own home for about five years. His decision to move out happened over time. I'd go away for a weekend or I'd go away for a short period of time. And Jacob would have this wonderful time without me. He would be doing things in the evening. He was going to art gallery openings and going out for drinks with friends and, and had a lot more things going on in his life when I wasn't there. You know, I'd be away on holidays and thinking, oh, my poor son, he's missing me. And I'd look on Facebook and he was not at all missing me at all. Through that, he was able to tell me <laughs> that he was confident, he was comfortable, he was content. He could drive his own life without me being there. And that's all anyone can want for their son or daughter, I think. When he started living in his own home, I left home because the family home has wheelchair access. It made more sense for me to leave home than for Jacob to move. So I moved to a a rental home quite close by. One thing that makes it possible for Jacob to live in his own home is the supports he has around him. When you hear the word support, many of us would think support workers, but that's not what we mean here. For Linda, supporting Jacob to have a good life is all about relationships. He supports other relationships he has with people around him. Relationships are what sustains all of us. If you ask people what's good in life, it's relationships. In any survey around what makes life good for anyone in the population, you know, what makes people healthy, it's relationships, it's social connectedness. If you think about all of those things in the lives of anyone's life, they're so important, but they're the things that often get missed out in the lives of people with disability. We might think about the support a person needs. We might be thinking about the personal care or other support that a person needs and and this idea of relationships is sort of the last thing you think about whereas I believe it's the first thing you think about. It's as important as taking medication. Having people who care about you, who you see, who you share interests with, For example, Jacob's Toastmasters friends, people who you really connect with, all of that stuff, just a very important thing for everybody. And it's very important to my son. Yep. Relationships are essential for all of us. If you've listened to earlier episodes, you'll know this next one. One of Jacob's supports is called a circle of support. The circle of support has been an idea since Jacob was really, really young. And, you know, I'd hear about people who had circles of support and I was really excited, but I hadn't got to the process of enacting it. The basic definition for a circle of support is 
a group of people around a person with disability that meet regularly. Here's a more formal definition. A circle of support is usually led by a family member to ensure the safety and well-being of their family member with disability now and into the future. One of my friends uh, said, Linda, you better, <laughs> Jacob's leaving school soon. You better get that circle of support together and I'm putting my hands up. So that was actually it. Relying on me, it wasn't going to happen because I just felt a bit anxious about it. But once that role was handed to my friend, it all fell together. Another friend of mine does facilitation of workshops. She put a hand up to sort of facilitate the process. And then we just started to roll from there. Linda explains how Jacob's circle evolved from just brainstorming to brainstorming and action. The circle of support is really great at ideas and that sort of sometimes it's taking it to the next step and um, being able to implement those ideas. So that's where it really gets down to the art of asking. And if someone suggests a really great idea, you can sort of say, oh, can you take that to the next, can you do the next thing as well? So that it doesn't, the circle of support doesn't just end up being a whole lot of things that I'm left to do or Jacob and I are left to do. It's more than brainstorming, it's brainstorming in action. Who is in his circle? He's got um, a really great circle. He has important family members, um, which he's really close to, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins. We have one friend who, in Jacob's circle, who's an advocate, and her role is if I'm not around and Jacob has to go to hospital, that she goes with him and she's the advocate for Jacob in, in that setting. And she just knows the system well and knows exactly how to, to make it go well for him. There's some roles where uh, where somebody who's really techie who can help us work through some of the technologies. There's a friend who also has a disability similar to Jacob's and she's got a lot of insights that can be really, really useful around equipment and, and also who's, who's the best um, OT and those type of things. And there's times when we're really um, active, the circle of support's very active, and there's other times where it's just about getting together with Jacob and drinking wine and eating food, sustaining <laughs> those relationships and having fun together and, yeah. Yeah, having fun. That's important, right? As Linda explains, Jacob's circle can be pretty casual and very social. Jacob during summer has um, usually hosted something called Drinks on the Deck. That was a Friday night invite of circle members and their families for drinks over at Jacob's house and people would just bring a plate and whack stuff on the barbecue and got to the point where people would text on a Thursday saying, we're having drinks on the deck? And that started, Jacob started drinks on the deck while I was away. And then it was just something that continued. That's a sort of informal, but then there'll be more formal times when when we actually do take minutes and people have, have roles and there's certain things that we want to have happen and want to have done. While a circle of support is ultimately about relationships, it can also be an important safeguard. Having people around Jacob who care about him it's an important safeguard. When people are isolated and don't have people around, they're less safeguarded and that heightens their vulnerability. 
And a circle of support can be really useful when it comes to planning to move out and to setting yourself up in your own home or a share house. So a circle of support, it's generally people who are friends and family of Jacob's who come together to sort of brainstorm and think and help plan and, and help Jacob craft what's his future, you know, and sometimes they'll be involved in helping enacting those things and using their links in the community and helping with the networking and all of those things. So that's a really important role and it's been really important for us, particularly around those transition times when we're thinking about Jacob leaving school, when Jacob was moving into his own home. So Jacob's circle of support is one key support. Another is his team or crew, as Linda sometimes calls it. Jacob has a, a team or a crew of support workers around him. Um, Jacob needs a fair bit of support day to day to do the things that he wants to do and the things that I suppose he needs to do. And, and they are paid a wage to be there. And of course, the really important role that his crew have is to help Jacob link with um, his network of friends and family and to really cultivate and support those informal and freely given relationships that Jacob has, which are really important to Jacob, really like everybody else. While we're just talking about relationships and how important they are, it's just important to acknowledge that, you know, if I want to go out for with a meet up with a friend, I can just easily call. I've got the physical ability and I've got, you know, I'm able to do this very, very easily. That kind of stuff is stuff that Jacob needs support for. So he just needs someone to assist him in doing that as, as in the same way that he might need assistance with other aspects of his life. Our friends and our family and our relationships are really important and life-sustaining to us and they're also really important safeguard. So his crew do a lot of things with Jacob but uh, there's important parts of the role there in just in supporting other relationships. When we're looking for support workers, we're always looking for people who have pro-social skills because that just makes it easier. Some of the job description for working with Jacob is being able to break the ice, being able to seek out new social opportunities, being able to start up conversations with people you don't know or don't know well, so that we're choosing people who feel comfortable in supporting Jacob with his relationships. So it's important that we're recruiting the people who have that skill set. It's important that they know that, that Jacob needs support to develop relationships and maintain relationships. There's a problem that they're not fulfilling the role of the relationship instead, become the relationship, rather than actually helping a person to develop relationships, to develop freely given relationships. So the support worker's role is supporting Jacob with doing those things. It's things that the, he might find a little bit difficult to do on his own. He might need a bit of support or a little bit of prompting. So his support workers will support Jacob to keep in contact with people. He might send a text message and say to a friend, hey, what you doing? Do you want to have a FaceTime later on today? And I'll make a time to catch up on FaceTime. One of Jacob's team members is a musician, extremely well connected, really helped Jacob connect with other people for his micro enterprise, which is around showcasing live music around Newcastle. And then you've got people like his housemate, Lucy. She provides some 
what we might sort of regard more as informal support and mentoring and companionship to Jake. And she receives a reduced rent and shares his Jacob's house. And then uh, we have a range of people who are Jacob's friends and family. So Jacob's circle of support sits alongside and overlaps with other kinds of supports, paid and unpaid. Linda brings in different people at different times. She thinks it's good to have a mix. Jacob's circle of support is evolving to something else called a microboard. We do want to formalise Jacob's circle of support so it is a microboard. And a microboard is a board or a, a committee for one person. So we might have communities, you know, community organisations that have a board and um, or a committee that sort of look that oversees the work that they do. In this case, it's just a board or a committee for Jacob rather than a whole organisation. So hence the term micro, meaning small board. So we are in the process of, of putting that together. And, of course, the part of the important roles of um, the people involved in Jacob's micro board as well as his support crew is in you know, establishing relationships, building relationships, you know, ensuring that there is more people coming into Jacob's life. It's not hard to do to actually set up the board, I think. What does require more time is thinking about the relationships. It's thinking about um, sharing of information, collecting, you know, the information that needs to be documented about Jacob. And, again, I just want to sort of reiterate that um, that we might be collecting information about Jacob. And this is just because Jacob's not able to tell us this stuff so it needs to be collected by the people who are supporting him. There's certainly there's times when I think people with disabilities are over-scrutinised and, um, and, and have a lot more, um, you know, there's a lot of attention, particularly in traditional support, um, you know, a lot of attention paid to what they're doing and sometimes that's not fair and it's actually overbearing and we're trying to find a little balance between that so that it's a, it's a safeguarding process for Jacob. And what does Linda wish she'd done differently? My thinking around Jake having people around him, having relationships around him, I just wish we started sooner. I think my theme throughout it is relationships, how you might be able to um, think innovatively and the way you use your NDIS funding to help grow relationships to help them um, thrive and prosper and it's sort of like a small investment will always reap far greater rewards um, in terms of you know life satisfaction in terms of well-being and in terms of safeguarding so that's actually a really value for money if you're using NDIS funding to get really good outcomes for people and it really should be part of everyone's plan really or particularly people who who might find themselves at risk of isolation or at risk of not having freely given relationships in their life this should be a really important part and I'm just going to say that with, I suppose, with some respect for people who might have experienced rejection and might feel that that's not something available to them, that that's not the end story, that this still can happen and this still can be possible. That was Linda Hughes, 
talking about how support for her son, Jacob, comes in many forms, paid and unpaid. A circle of support is a group of people that meet regularly to plan and achieve someone's goals for a good life. A microboard is a more formal, legal version of a circle of support. Housemates are another kind of support. So are your team and crew. And as Linda says, it's all about relationships. In episode six of My Home, My Way, find out about renting your own place. But my parents actually planned to get this apartment. You can find the show notes for this episode with the main points and a transcript on My Home, My Way website. The My Home, My Way website also has lots of resources, stories and tips for you to get your own place on your terms or to support someone else too. Type My Home, My Way into a search engine or go to myhomemyway.com.au slash podcast. My Home, My Way is made by NACBO, the National Alliance of Capacity Building Organisations in Australia. This podcast was recorded on the country of the Awabikul and Waramai peoples by Alva Lim for Family Advocacy. It was hosted by me, Jake Briggs, and produced by Jane Curtis with executive producer Deb Rouget. Sound engineering by John Jacobs. My Home, My Way is produced with the support of the Australian Government Department of Social Services. If you like this episode, please tell your friends and family. We'd love to know if there's anything we could do to make this podcast more accessible and your feedback in general. Contact us through the My Home, My Way website. Thanks for listening.